Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. Cross time with Pastor Curtis every Friday morning at 9 a.m. I'm glad to be here with you in our study of the cross and the glory. It's been a wonderful broadcast that we began at least last Friday. We, we began this avenue of teaching on the cross and the glory. Really the cross of Christ, the glory of Christ, the cross uh, that God became man and bare on our behalf to take away our sins as the Lamb of God and the glory of God, the cross of God, the glory of God, the, 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 the cross of Christ, the glory of Christ. And, and we're going to be looking at this for the next few episodes on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis because uh, there is a lot to talk about when you talk about the glory of God. And we're going to see uh, a lot of these things as we move through the scriptures. But today uh, we're going to be looking specifically at... Uh, our having this this opportunity to to learn and what it means to be conformed into the image of Christ, and the Bible teaches that that takes place as we behold the glory of the Lord, and we're changed into that same image by the Spirit of God, and we're going to look. At those things today in detail specifically uh, because it's very important uh, you know there is a huge difference between realizing that Jesus died for your sins for the removal of the condemnation and the wrath of God and and everything that was against us from God resisting us because we were lost. We were uh, the darkness of this world. Uh, but when we believed upon Jesus Christ, the Son of God He sent to atone for our sins, we, we were welcomed into the Beloved. The condemnation, the wrath, it all went away. And the, the, the guilt and the shame, it all went away because God began a work in us in that moment that we believed upon His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, that there, is, there is a huge difference in believing to be born again uh, because that, that just takes one, that's it, one time. Jesus died for, in, for me in my place to forgive me of my sins as the Son of God, the Lamb of God, and, and His sacrifice was so perfect that God accepted it and I am forgiven and the condemnation and the wrath is gone and again I'm welcomed into the beloved. I'm placed in the body of Christ, justified, sanctified, given all heavenly blessings, uh, blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and so many are the promises of God. But let's make one thing very clear. Being born again is an understanding of what Christ did all by himself for you. By himself he purged us from our sins, Hebrews 1 and 3. The, the inner working of that for the rest of your life every single day will require not a different faith, but a faith in that same sacrifice, but a faith that now accepts God's uh, power, the power of the cross for daily living over the power of sin. Again, the born-again experience removed the wrath and the condemnation of God toward all who will believe upon His Son, Jesus Christ. But to walk in this daily is a daily acceptance and experience of, by faith, a participation in, by faith, that same death of Jesus that you accepted to be born again for the removal of wrath and guilt and shame and all those things. But now our faith has to remain in that same thing it is an inward cross, let's call it. It is an inward continuation of what we came into. We're not trying to get God's wrath and, and, and resistance against us now removed. Condemnation, that's already been done. 
We're trying to live with where the power of sin no longer dominates our lives. And, and this is uh, an amazing thing that when you talk about the cross to a lot of Christians and being focused on the cross, coming back to faith in the cross, they so many times will say, uh, well, that's, I've always believed in the cross. And what they refer to is their born-again experience but they have absolutely no idea what we're talking about when we talk about a daily cross. Uh, 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 the, 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 the ignorance, and I speak from experience, is so great in this avenue that we will begin to think that our cross is our hardships, our diagnosis from a doctor, our uh, uh, symptoms of uh, sickness, our divorce, our bankruptcy. We'll think those things are our cross and, and they're not. They're hardships that you and I as good soldiers should be able to endure the hardness of if we understand this daily working of the Holy Spirit through my faith in that which allowed God to continue the work in me. We're talking about sanctification. We're talking about, and we're going to see it in the scriptures, and, 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 and that we have to be beholding what God calls the glory of the Lord to be being changed into that same image. So if we talk about uh, being changed by the Lord, he, he changes us as we behold the glory. He changes us into that glorious image. He allows us to go from glory to glory if we're beholding the glory. And we're going to look at that today. And, and here's why. Because, And we're going to show, show you in the scriptures this morning because you and I are called under glory. We're called under glory. And, and we're, if, if you think about it, we're called through the cross. That, that's, the, that's the message. That's the call of God. It's really the, the holy commandment. Peter said in 2 Peter uh, 2 and 23, 2 and 21, something, Peter wrote this, that it's better that you would have never known the way of righteousness than having known it turned away from the holy commandment. Well, we know the way of righteousness is the way of the cross. And the Bible says it's better that you would have never even known it than having known it, received it, walked in it, then turned away from the holy commandment. So the message of the cross is God's holy commandment. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 that we have obeyed that form of doctrine that freed us from our sin. We said, well, I just believe the, uh, the gospel. God sees you believing in the gospel as you obeying that which makes you free from sin and, uh, and He also makes you a servant of righteousness through believing the gospel, all that happened, and all the experiences that God wants you to have that He has for you is going to be based on you continuing to believe that, the gospel. Not that, yeah, well, I was born again, or, well, I, that's what I've always believed. No, 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 no. The Bible's talking about now, every day, the experience of the cross. Every day, taking that cross up through the denial of self, taking that cross up, that inward working of the cross where self is being denied uh, and we're being transformed into the very glorious thing we're beholding. And that is, we're going to see in the scriptures today, the cross of Christ, exactly what the Lamb of God did for us on the tree. We're going to see that today. We're called unto glory. The message of the cross is God's call unto glory. Uh, the Jesus prays in John 12 and 28 and says, Father, glorify thy name. <clears throat> 
the Father speaks from heaven. And when he did, he, he says that I have glorified it and I will glorify it. Well, he's talking about what he did to glorify his name before the foundation of the world when the lamb was slain in God's strategic layout. And he's talking also about when he says, I will glorify it, is when his son would actually carry out the finished work and declare it finished in his own flesh through his own death that God would glorify his name at the cross. We, we need to know that. We need to understand that because we've been called to that glory. That's why the Apostle Paul says, God forbid that we glory in anything other than the cross because only through faith in the cross are we separated from the world and the world from us. He declares it to be crucified to the world and the world crucified unto us. That means us made dead to them. We're the stench of death to them and they're dead to us because they're without God and there's a separation there. And that's why God forbids that we glory in anything else. Listen very carefully. There's nothing else God will allow you to glory in and Him work in it. There's nothing else that God will allow you to glory in and Him work in it. If you read Galatians chapter 6, back up a couple of verses from verse 14, that which I just quoted to you, that God forbid I boast in anything other than the cross of Christ through which the world's crucified unto me and I unto the world. The two verses before that talking about glorying in the flesh. And there's only two places to glory for a human being. That's it. In Christ through faith in what he did at Calvary or in their flesh. It, there's not a third. There's not a third. The cross of Christ, everything else is flesh. We need to remember that. But the cross is God's holy commandment and call unto glory. Let's look at something Peter wrote here. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory. He's called us to glory. Did you see it in your Bible? I hope you're looking in your Bible this morning. Through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. Now let's read verse 3 again and look a little more deeply into this. Now let's back up and start with verse 2. Because God desires to multiply his grace and peace to us. But it's through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord that can't be separated. That's why the Holy Spirit wrote both of them. The knowledge of God we receive will always be through the knowledge we walk in of the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be no knowledge of God that doesn't come through Christ because God in these last days has spoken by His Son. The Old Covenant was God speaking and pointing to and about His Son. The, the New Covenant is God speaking by His Son. Hallelujah. I'm glad you know that now. But watch. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord not two different things, one avenue. According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, that divine power is what Jesus as the Lamb of God did for us on Calvary's cross. According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. 
He's called us to glory and virtue. Glory, as we've recently discussed, is really the, the fullness of something, like a rose as it grows and blooms and blooms and blooms and all of a sudden there's that peak of that rose. There's the glory of that rose. The Bible says that Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. Brightness speaks of light. Brightness speaks of light. Get that now. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. So when we think about the word brightness, our minds go to light, and rightly so. It's bright. That means the light of this is bright. The, the light that Jesus claimed that He is of God is the brightness of who God is can only be seen and found in Christ, the person of Christ, and the work of Christ. Because the cross of Christ is what allowed the brightness of God's glory to shine from the face of Christ into our hearts, the Bible says. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. But back to the topic, we've been called unto glory. Make no mistake about it, the glory of God is the purpose of God. Jesus, the purpose Jesus was sent to this earth was to take away the sins of humanity and to destroy the works of the devil. He did all that on Calvary's cross. Therefore, the brightness of God's glory was seen at Calvary. You're called into the experience of the cross. God's people are called far more than into an initial born-again state and just being a part of the body of Christ through a born-again experience. They're called, we're all called to walk in this daily experience now where we've been forgiven of sin, but God wants to show us that He's faithful enough and powerful enough, loving enough to deliver us daily from the power of sin. Hallelujah. That's what the message of the cross is really all about for the church. Most of the church doesn't think we need to hear the message of the cross anymore because we're already saved. That, I've been there. I speak from experience. That statement, that mindset proves that we know nothing about a daily victorious life. We know nothing of what it takes to live Listen, a life of godliness. That's why we constantly uh, miss the opportunities uh, to witness. That's why we constantly uh, live in fear. We constantly just do the same old horrible things over and over and over and, and learn to hide them a little better, a little better, uh, because we're not learning the power over sin daily through a continued faith in the sacrifice of Christ. It is the participation of the cross daily. That's what you're called to, glory, the glory of Calvary. The only place God allows His people to glory is in the cross because in the cross is where God provides everything that you are, everything that He will ever do in and through you can only take place through faith in the sacrifice. It is that narrow. It is that exclusive. If you're listening to people who are calling us elitist and think we know everything and think we're better, well, you're listening to the wrong people, and you're you know you got to be very careful that you're you, you, that 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 fleshly, carnal, selfish thing that's in all of us is hasn't got us deceived and 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 making us believe that we're honoring men when we're really just trying to seek honor from men. And, oh, that's, that right there needs to be talked about a lot because that selfish thing that is nothing good in it that's within these members 
can make us think we're honoring men when in all reality we're simply seeking honor from men. Somebody's listening to me this morning and the Lord has quickened that in you. Quickened that, shown, don't resist Him. Don't fight Him. Don't begin to reason that away. You know, you thought you've been honoring men to get what you could get out of it so you're trying to pretend to honor them. You thought you were, but now you're realizing maybe, maybe the reality of this is I've just been seeking honor from them, wanting them to honor me. See, those are two different things. It's okay to honor men. It's never okay to seek for them to honor you. It's never okay for that. And that's what Jesus in John 5, 44 told the religious wolves of Israel in his day when he walked on the earth. He said, how can you believe on me if you're seeking honor that comes from men and not from God? Hear me this morning. None of them thought they were doing that. None of them thought they were doing that till they were told they were doing that. They still didn't believe it. And maybe those who get told that today still won't believe it because there's a power of religion will keep you from seeing the cross and accepting it as God's only way of daily victory. But we're called unto glory. Let's look at another one this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. The Bible says that you would walk worthy of God who has called you unto His kingdom and glory. And I'm going to... We're going to see it today. The only way to walk worthy of God is to walk beholding the glory that He called us to. It's the only way of transformation, being conformed into the image of His Son. It's to behold the glory, and the glory is Christ, who He is as the Son of God, and what He did as the Lamb of God. The Bible says, we'll look at it together in a moment, we behold that as in a mirror. We see, if that's what we're looking at, if that's what we're trusting in and depending on, then we can watch our faithful God conform us into the image of His Son and what He did for us at Calvary. That's what we're going to see today. But first, these two verses that we've read, but we've been called unto His kingdom and glory that we should walk worthy of God. We should walk worthy of God who's called us unto His kingdom and glory. Hallelujah. What's the kingdom? The Bible says the kingdom is not what you eat or you drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. In the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Those things that can only function in my life in the experiential status Daily, if my faith is in the same thing that brought me in. I'm not talking about my mind now referring back. Well, of course, that's what I believe. That's what saved me. No, I'm talking about today, my friend, when the bad news comes, when the evil comes to your door, when the temptation and the trial comes. I'm talking about Is that what you're looking at and beholding? Is that what you're trusting and depending on? Is that what you're listening to as you sit under some minister somewhere portraying the scriptures to you in the light of what? Because if we don't open the Bibles and point to Calvary, then we're opening the Bibles and putting something on the table that's not what God puts on the table. We've been called to glory. The glory is Jesus, the brightness of God's glory, and what He did on Calvary's cross to become that place we could be called to and transformed in as we behold it. You know, there's two scriptures in the New Testament, Hebrews 2 and 9 and Hebrews 12 and 2. Both of those talk about us beholding Jesus. One of them says, but we see Jesus made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. The other one is Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Both of those scriptures speak of our looking at, looking unto, seeing Jesus, and they both speak of the cross. 
If you try to move on without the focus of Calvary and not just what Jesus did for you to forgive you, but what you have access to today, if you fight the good fight of faith and keep this faith for victory over the power of sin, hallelujah, if you, that's what beholding the glory is. We're going to see it today. One more before we get into the three verses that I came to give you today. These are like our walkway up to the door and then God's going to open the door for us this morning and show us something uh, amazing. And I've shared this recently with our folks and I don't know on which broadcast or what, but I've shared these But this morning because this topic now is about the cross and the glory. We're going to talk about it again so that we can all be on the same page. God wants all His people mindful of the same thing thinking the same thing, speaking the same thing, striving together for the faith of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we hear the word of God ministered, taught, preached at any level or capacity, when we leave that place, then we all must leave on the same page. We may be at different levels of maturity, surely, but we all need to leave on the same page. Let's look at one more verse before we get to the main course of the meal today, and it's Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. Very important. The Bible says, this is a picture of what John saw in heaven, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain Worthy is the lamb that was slain, pointing to Calvary, to receive. Get this now. Worthy is the lamb that was slain, that was crucified, to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, and blessing. Slain to receive these things. Jesus was already the slain, buried, and resurrected lamb before he showed up. Remember, he told Martha and Mary he was the resurrection before he was ever crucified. Do you get that? The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. That means God's purpose was fixed. He would redeem the peoples of the earth, at least those that would believe upon him. But he would offer himself to all, hallelujah. God so loved the world, not just a few, but the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe upon him will never perish. How beautiful are those words. Glory to God. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive. Although Jesus was all these things, he had power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory and blessing. He already was all those things, but only through the cross did he receive these things as the Son of Man to be able to be the mediator of these things for you and me. You see, the cross is what makes Jesus our mediator. Of course he had to be resurrected. If he, if he wouldn't have been resurrected, the cross wouldn't have meant anything. But the power of the resurrection is the power of the cross. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, that Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Where God glorified His name on Calvary's cross... There it is. There it is. The glory was in who Christ was and what he did at Calvary. There as the slain lamb, he received these things, but we're looking at glory. There on the cross, he received, listen, being slain, put to death as the Son of God, the Lamb of God. He received glory 
so that you and I could be called unto that glory by faith being crucified with him. He, he, he purged us from our sins all by himself. But he represented us to such a degree that him taking our sin, that old man upon himself, putting that to death, he represented us so well that we can declare the same thing the apostle Paul declared, I am crucified with Christ. I've been separated from the world and the world from me. Hallelujah. And the cross is God's call to glory because it is the place where he glorified his name. It is the place where Jesus received glory. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. All that we have need of today is going to be in experience in our lives through our participation, our faith. Our faith is your participation. Your faith is your victory. Your faith is your participation in the sacrifice. And God adds everything you need to that. How do I know? Because the, the, what Jesus did as the Lamb of God on Calvary's cross... Romans 3, 5 and, uh, 3, 25 and 26 tell us that it was God declaring His righteousness through faith in the blood of the Lamb. God declaring His righteousness. And, and He says if we seek God's kingdom and His righteousness above all, before all things, He will add everything to our lives. This is confirmation. Everything we need comes through the cross. Everything. It's not coming through any other avenue. And it's not coming when I'm not trusting in the cross. It's not coming except by grace, which is what Jesus tasted death by on Calvary's cross, Hebrews 2, 9, by faith. Everything we experience from the Lord in our lives is by grace through faith. Hallelujah. So, that was our intro. Let's move into the, 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 what we want to talk about today, specifically about this glory of God, the cross and the glory. Because the cross of Christ is where God glorified His name. That's where the Lamb was slain to receive glory, to be able for us to have a call unto glory and to be changed into that same glorious image. Now, God wants us all on the same page. Let's get back to that. When we preach or we teach, everybody needs to leave on the same page. If they don't, then the cross wasn't the common denominator in the message. The cross is the only way we can all leave on the same page. Don't get mixed up that because we're all at different levels of maturity all over uh, uh, growth levels that we need something different. What we need is to behold the glory. What we need is to be looking unto Jesus, to be uh, uh, seeing Jesus. And, and that means what he did on Calvary's cross. I'm not talking about imagining a bloody, gory mess. I'm talking about actually what took place there, what was provided there, not just to get you born again and forgiven of your sins, but to give you on this day and every day victory over the power of sin in your life where sin no longer dominates you. And let me share this with you before we move on. This is very exciting and very new to my heart and dear to my heart. The Lord showed me just in the last two days that if committing acts of sin here and there, that's, that's the life of everybody. That's the life of everybody. Don't listen to anybody that say they don't sin anymore. Christians don't want to sin. Sin breaks our hearts. And only if we learn the way of the cross for daily victorious living are we going to get out of some rut where it's the same old bondage all our life and us making excuses that nobody's perfect using those factual statements, but they ain't going to deliver us. And God don't want you stuck in the same mess. The Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you because you're no longer under the law but now under grace. But get this. 
acts of sin carried out hinder the expression of God's glory. I want you to hear this today. The Lord showed me this over the last couple of days. Acts of sin, of course, hinder the expression of God's glory because sin can't express God at all. At all. But an act of sin is not what revives the sin nature and I know many people teach, many preachers say there's not a sin nature, but what does Paul say revived in his life and he died in Romans chapter 7? It's the sin nature. In Romans chapter 6, out of the 16 times the word sin is used, it's only used once as an act of sin, a verb. The other 15 is the noun talking about the old man, talking about the sin nature. It's dormant as long as I'm trusting in the sacrifice of Christ. But when I... I'm not talking about when my flesh acts up. I'm talking about when I, when I replace the cross with any of these fads in the church today. When I say I'm beyond the cross, thank God for the cross, but I'm beyond the cross and God's using this or using that now to grow me and mature me. I, listen, as Paul would say, this, that that sin nature has revived and you've died. That means you're no longer walking in a fruit-bearing place. You're no longer able, able to express the glory of God. You can't do it. And These acts of sin hinder the expression of God's grace, but the sin nature prevent it from ever being taken place. There's not going to be an expression of God's glory when one is bound under the sin nature. Well, who are they that's bound under the sin nature? Anybody that's boasting in anything other than the cross saying this is what God's using. God's using the words of my mouth to, to grow me and to mature me. God's using me only eating this on certain days and not doing that on that day. And, and the Bible says let no man beguile you bringing you back into any of these things that really are all about law and they block the expression of God's glory. So remember that. Acts of sin, yes, that hinders the expression of God's glory because sin can never express God's glory. But an act of sin, although hinders the expression of God's glory in, in the life of those who know the way of the cross but they let their flesh overcome them occasionally along the way is one thing. The other is to be bound trusting in water baptism, trusting in the words I speak, trusting in these three things. If I do them, God will deliver me from the power of sin. All that's law. All that's law and, and, and they are eliminated from expressing the glory of God. Because all that is flesh and God won't let it glory in His presence at all. This is why the letter's written to the churches of Galatia and they're told because you've gone back and you're trusting in circumcision and among other things that you've fallen from grace. And now Christ can't profit you. And He can't affect you. My, th my friends, if, if Christ can't profit you or affect you, there can be no expression of His glory. No expression of His grace. We need to know these things. This is not the most popular message. This is a message that will be refuted and rejected by most of what's called Christianity and probably true Christianity. But we need to understand what the Lord has given us in these last few moments to be teaching and sharing are scriptural. They can't be refuted scripturally. They can't be refuted scripturally. And anyone that brings scripture to the table to try to refute what we're teaching, they're using scripture out of its context every single time. Rarely does anyone even bring scripture to try to refute the truth of Calvary's cross and the scriptures in that light. They just begin to say things. You know them. You some of you are listening. Some of you, I hope not, but some of you may be being 
tempted by some of their, their, their words out there, all at a scratch to keep you in their corner, to keep you honoring them. Oh, they're just a bunch of elitists. They've turned the message of the cross into a law. All these things to move you away from the place and the focus of and the view of the glory of trying to get you to make you think that the glory is something other than Christ and Him crucified while building their own kingdoms that are soon going to crumble because all, anything that's not the focus of the cross comes to a place of destruction. Anything that's not centered on Christ and Him crucified comes to destruction. That's the, that's the, end, that's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. So if we are, Romans chapter 8 verse 29 tells us that God has predestinated those He foreknew before the foundation of the world to be conformed into the image of His Son. That's all Christians. All those that He foreknew or those who He foreknew when He in his strategic eternal layout of his plan, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Revelation 13, 8 and 1 Peter 1, 20. Also in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, the Bible says that he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. That means in his strategic view of all his plan, he... he, 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 he Slayed the lamb before the foundation of the world. That was a done, finished deal, the Bible says. But he also saw in his foreknowledge not only the lamb slain for the sins of humanity, but he also saw everyone who would ever believe in Christ and those are the ones who he chose in him. The, the choosing place of God that determines who he chooses is who he saw, foresaw in his foreknowledge in Christ, those that would believe upon His Son. But He's predestinated those to be conformed into the image of His Son. Now if we go home with just, if we leave the Bible study uh, shouting hallelujah with just the knowledge that God conforms His people into the image of His Son, we'll all leave with all different sorts of mindsets. And we won't be on the same page. This is why we must righteously divide the Word of God. and We must all be striving for the faith of the gospel. Not denominations, not preachers, names, not, not anything other than striving for the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah. That's beholding the glory. That's looking unto the cross so that you can have that same power that saved you freed you from the guilt, the condemnation, the wrath that sin brought, now working in your life to free you from sin's dominion. I hope if you're listening to me, you do hate sin if you're a Christian. I hope that you do hate sin and that you have a desire to be free from it instead of making excuses for it. If you don't, then that's a deep heart problem. That's a love for the world that... Uh, that doesn't need to be there because the love of the world in the heart, the Bible says that the love of the Father is not in that heart. So we have to be very careful about what we're being taught and by who. Hallelujah. So it's God's will, Romans 8 and 29, for all those that He's chosen in Christ to be conformed into the image of His Son. Now again, if we leave, and that's all we know, we're going to leave on different pages about what that means, different concepts, different mind settings of what that means. But if we stick with the Word of God and we cry out for a better understanding to know, okay, I'm going to be conformed into the image of, 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 of your Son, Lord, the one that gave His life for me, How's that happen? You have to want to know how this happens because God doesn't have 50 ways. He doesn't even have two ways. He has one way. One. 
not this avenue, that one way, the way of Christ and Him crucified. Okay, so we're together on this now. We're all supposed to be as Christians conformed into the image of God's Son. But Philippians chapter 3 verse 18 tell us that we're being made conformable unto the death of Jesus. Now see, this is where people look at you funny. Because when we, we have our own imaginations and thoughts about what it means to be being conformed into the image of God's Son and we try to picture ourselves walking around healing everybody in town and uh, feeding thousands of people by calling bread from everywhere. But the Bible says that we're being conformed into the image of God's Son by being made conformable unto His death. Not His resurrection, my friend. This life is a life to live as crucified life. Carry the cross, Jesus taught it. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow your master. The crown, if you're trying to fit a crown on your head in this life, you're only going to find it to be a crown of thorns. That's the only crown you're going to have in this life. This life is not for a crown. This life is for the cross. The Bible, Jesus, our Savior, teaches us that. To be conformed into the image of the Son of God is to be being conformed into the image of His death, made conformable unto His death. It's the only way to experience the fellowship of His sufferings and the power of His resurrection is to be being made conformable unto his death. More of you, less of me. It won't happen because I say that. It will happen because I keep looking at that, trusting in that, depending on that, that removes me, makes less of me, and brings more of him into the experience of my relationship with him. Less of me and more of you. Those words are wonderful, but those words won't get the job done. Don't listen to anybody that says just words will get the job done. You have to know the way of the cross or you will not be able to function in the life and the godliness that you've been offered. You have access to it, You are godly, you are righteous, but the experience of that is a whole other avenue. So before we move on, and I've got to hurry, we're talking about the cross and the glory. They're inseparable. They're inseparable. There is no glory without the cross. And there's no beholding the glory without beholding the cross. There's no being changed into that glory, glorious image without being changed into the very image of what God saw happening on Calvary's cross, His Son's death. The nature of the Lamb is what we're partaking of. When the Bible says, when Peter wrote about partaking of the divine nature, the divine nature is the nature of the lamb. It's the lamb nature. It's the slain lamb, the nature of the slain lamb that received glory by being slain so that he could offer, call you to that glory, offer you the picture of that glory. Now, okay. Those that are Christians are called to be being conformed into the image of God's Son, Romans 8 and 29. That takes place, Philippians 3 and 10, as we're being made conformable unto the death of Christ. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and may the Lord impart the truth to your heart today. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 But we all, he says, but we all, because he's speaking now uh, of Christians who unlike the Jewish people, 
rejected Christ who still have a veil over their face not understanding that Christ was the Redeemer. Christ did come to save them and deliver them but they do not see the Scriptures in the light of Christ therefore they die in their sins. He says here, but we all with open face, nothing blocking our view anymore because we've accepted Christ. Beholding as in a glass, get this now, the word glass here means mirror, a reflection. What is it we're looking at in this mirror is the glory of the Lord. (laughs) Oh my goodness, this is better than good. We're looking into this mirror now because the veil is off of our face. We've accepted Christ Jesus as the Son of God and what He did for us as the Lamb of God on the cross of Christ, taking our sins away, providing forgiveness for us, removing the guilt and the shame and the condemnation and the wrath of God that was against us and now calling us unto glory, bringing us near by the blood, Ephesians 2.13. And we look at this as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Now we've seen it in the scriptures this morning good enough and we're going to see it over the next few sessions more and more so, brighter and brighter. (laughs) What's the brightness of God's glory? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He is the brightness of God's glory, the express person of His image. Hallelujah. Purging us by Himself from our sins when He had sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus and what He did at Calvary is what allowed Him to receive glory to be able to call us unto Himself, the glorified One, beholding what He did beholding what He did on Calvary's cross, beholding what He did to call us unto glory and to conform us into that same glorious image. Get this now. Let's read it. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass, a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, if you just read Romans 8 and 29 by itself and go home, the whole congregation goes home on a different page if they don't bring these other scriptures into view. If we just read Philippians 3.10 and we go home, we're all on a different page. And hear me when I say being made conformable unto His death is not what will be the focus, but being in the fellowship of His sufferings will be the next thing that's up on the list, not quite as uh, uh, the flesh don't want to hear about fellowship and no suffering and the flesh don't want us to talk about, think about being made conformable unto his death because when we are selfs being denied. But we sure want to talk about the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. We will talk about that, but there's no experience of that powerful resurrection without the fellowship of of his sufferings through being made conformable unto his death. We're we're not talking about the born again experience. We're talking about faith in the same object that it was in in the born again experience but now applying that great truth of Calvary's cross for my daily victory. Somebody's getting a hold of this today like never before. I just know that's right. We all, now get this so wonderful watch now But we all with open face, the veil is gone, we see what's going on now. (laughs) Especially those who've come back to Calvary's truth about daily participation in that death by faith. Take up your cross daily. We all with open face beholding as in a glass a mirror 
We're looking at the glory of the Lord, which is what Jesus did for us as the Lamb of God on Calvary's cross. And because we're seeing that in a mirror, we're seeing now, walking in this revelation, this light of Calvary's cross for daily victory, we're watching what He's doing in our lives as He puts away self and causes us to be made conformable unto that glorious image which is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, the cross of Christ was the climax of the ministry of Christ. It was His cross, it was His death that was the climax, the peak of everything that He came to do and to be took place in His death. Because only in His death can all that He received as the slain Lamb can He become the door of impartation to those who will simply keep their faith in Him. Not in Him to remove the guilt and the condemnation and the wrath That happened at the born-again experience. But those who choose to go the way of the cross, to fight the good fight of faith, to learn to love what He did for us at Calvary enough to make us start hating sin more than ever before. Those who will dig into God's Word and find that the transformation that God brings to a life, He only brings as He can get them to behold the glory. And He wants you to watch what he's doing because it's as in a glass, a mirror that we behold that glory which is Christ and him crucified and we get to see the reflection of who he is as the hope of glory in us making the changes daily that need to be made as self is denied and he, Christ, is glorified. Hallelujah. Oh, this is exciting. Only as self is denied can Christ be glorified in our lives. We need to think about these things. We need to go and look at these things in the Word of God. And we need to find ourselves in the company of those preaching and teaching this. This is the great last move of God before the rapture of the church. God is narrowing everything down as he's always desired it to be but he's finding those that will walk the narrowness of the way what do you think the two witnesses are going to be preaching when he brings them on the scene during the great tribulation it's not how to get rich it's not how to be this or how to be that they're going to be preaching the power of Jesus Christ who came to lay his life down as the Lamb of God to show us what true power really is. Jesus said, No man take my life from me, but I have the power to lay it down and to raise it up again. Why does he have the power to lay his life down and to raise it up again? Because he has received that commandment of the Father, that holy commandment to come and do that so that as a slain lamb he receives glory. Through our faith in what he did at Calvary's cross we behold that glory and we're changed into that same image being made conformable unto that death, that glorious image. See, it wasn't glorious to look at for men. But it was the most glorious thing God had ever laid His eyes on among men in the entirety of His creation of men. The beauty and the wonders of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, may we ever behold it daily. May we ever trust in Him and His work there daily that we might be partakers as participators every day 
of the benefits of Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God bless you. I love you. And I am in revival. And I hope that you join me every Monday and Thursday and Friday morning. And we can just stay in revival until Jesus comes. The only people who aren't in revival are those who don't know the way of the cross for daily living or those who are lost, or those who are looking for it in some other avenue. You come back to where God made you alive, and you'll experience life all over again every day. I'll see you Sunday morning. Don't forget about the, the books that are out there now on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. The commentaries, just click on the, uh, the icon that says store. And avail yourself to all the goodies there. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday morning. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you. See ya.